0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here. About six million years ago, two feline factions went their separate ways. A small-bodied cat living in Europe became the common ancestor of both groups— one lineage eventually gave rise to Felis catus, the modern domestic cat kept in millions of households. The other produced a species known as, and forgive my rusty Latin, Prion Aelaris bengalensis, or the wild leopard cat. Distributed across southern and eastern Asia, it prowls forests, farms, and grasslands— Weighing about 7 to 15 pounds, that's about 3 to 7 kilos on average, A few would mistake the creature for an actual leopard. Yet, it's a skilled predator all the same. And just like leopards, many of these wee beasties are covered with rosettes, roundish spot clusters that surround lighter patches of fur. In the 20th century, demand for exotic-looking pets created a hybrid cat market— by crossing P. bengalensis with the more familiar Felis catus, a new breed rose in prominence. Athletic and willful, this so-called Bengal cat can be quite a handful, and, as we'll see, it's no stranger to controversy. One of the cat lovers who helped the Bengal get its start was geneticist Willard Centerwall. In 1971, Centerwall, then a professor at California's Loma Linda University, began crossing domestic cats with leopard cats. The latter are resistant to the feline version of leukemia, a cancer he was studying. Through his hybridized cats, Centerwall sought new insights into the hereditary processes associated with this disorder. He wasn't the first person to breed leopard cats with domestics. Reports show that other hybrids were born as far back as 1931. And we can't discuss Bengal origins without acknowledging the late Gene Mill— a collaborator of Centerwall's, this conservationist mated a leopard cat with a black tom cat in 1963. Thus began a decades-long passion for Bengals. Mill's gorgeous animals and their descendants would soon become regulars at high-profile cat shows. That visibility popularized the breed as a whole. Another breeder of note was Bill Engler, a zookeeper and longtime animal importer, using a leopard cat named Shah. Engler bred a number of half-domestic, half-wild kittens in the early 1970s. He might have also given these critters their popular name. Popular myth says that Bengal could be a play on the abbreviation B. Engler. Of course, it could simply stem from the species' name, Bengalensis. The world may never know. Today, you can find Bengals in a number of different colors and patterns. Most people associate these animals with the rosette markings detailed above, but not all rosettes look alike— they can be pointed and vaguely arrow-shaped or circular with a donut-like flare. Other bengals have so-called paw print rosettes. As the name implies, those splotches almost look like animal tracks. And then you've got bengals with swirling, multi-toned marble coats instead of the more traditional spots. Back in 1987, Mill bred the first known kitten to rock this distinctive fur style. The coat's base color can be quite variable, too— Depending on the individual, it can look brown, golden, charcoal gray, silvery, or even whitish. That's right, folks. There are white-furred Bengal cats who look like miniature snow leopards out there. Underneath their showy coats, Bengals tend to have muscular physiques. According to the Cat Fanciers Association, the hind legs are a bit taller than the shoulders. In general, adult Bengals weigh about 8 to 15 pounds, or 4 to 7 kilos, a tiny bit more than their wild ancestors'. But these guys have a well-earned reputation as energetic felines. Fond of long walks and games of fetch, Bengals are on the move almost constantly. To prevent boredom, keepers can stock up on toys or get their pet a feline playmate. Like Savannah cats, another hybrid breed, Bengals have an affinity for water-related activities, from swimming in kiddie pools to showering with their owners. If you don't know what you're getting into, all that stamina can feel overwhelming. Too often, people who are drawn to the breed's wild appearance are unprepared for its wild lifestyle. Partly for this reason, the Minnesota-based Wildcat Sanctuary and Tampa, Florida's Big Cat Rescue, two organizations that provide housing and care for exotic felines, have discouraged would-be owners from buying hybrid cats, Bengals included. For her part, Mill believed that the normalization of pet bengals would both decrease the public's appetite for leopard skin coats and raise awareness about wild cat conservation. It's important to do your research before buying any kind of new pet. If you're looking to purchase a bengal kitten or adult, look into the creature's ancestry. The heritage of an individual cat may affect its trainability— Bengals with wild parents or grandparents usually require more socialization than those descended from a long line of captive-born animals. State and local laws also deserve your attention. Some places, such as Hawaii, have put a ban on Bengal cat ownership. Other areas will let you keep a pet Bengal, but only if the cat is several generations removed from any wild ancestors. Today's episode was written by Mark Bansini and produced by Tyler Klang. And Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics that aren't kitten around, oh, I'm sorry about that one, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.